Morning, guys. Here we are today with Katia Dorofieva, founder and CEO at Capaga. Uh, Katia, great to have you with us. How are you? I'm good. Thank you very much. <laughs> nice. Well, Oh no! Great, great to see you too. Um, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump straight into it. Um, obviously, you have pretty much done the impossible, which we're, we're going to discuss. Um, um, one thing you said to me when we first met, you said having two kids or ten kids is pretty much the same. So why not build a fintech? Um, I have to say, you've pretty much gone against the grain. You've built a fintech. Um, at a point where you've either got huge responsibilities in your life and you've pulled it off to the point where you are now com competing with the best of them. So how did you do it? Uh, it's, um, it's a good question. I never thought about uh, how did I do it? <laughs> it was just a nature. I had three kids first and then I understood that, you know, at some point, um, to have a bit of freedom and ability to uh, manage the fourth kid. <laughs> In the business. Yeah, yes. So I've decided that instead of having the real kid, I will have the startup, which is which is baby as well. You know, by development of the startup, it's the same process. Uh, firstly, uh, it's born. Then uh, it wants to eat. <laughs> then it, it starts crawling. <laughs> and then it, it started to uh, run. And uh, all the processes are the same, right? So, and I pretty much uh, see the, um, the thing that uh, baby kid and the startup has the same age of development as well. So usually uh, the, the age of startup is three to five years. That's the same for the kid. After that, you know, that, that's a grown-up man or grown-up woman already <laughs> who has the, the wishes and uh, want to entertain uh, themselves. So the same with the startup. So that's, that, that was decision, which was, uh, for me, uh, natural, I would say. Um, it's, it's just uh, another part of our family. Yeah, but do you know what? You're, you're, you're the exception to the rule, genuinely. And it's not about the male-female debate or anything like that. It's building a company is really, really hard. Like, it's super hard, right? And most fail, like, fairly early on. Um, you've done it with a young family. Because I, I'm used to routine. You know, after having uh, three kids uh, in the five-year period... <laughs> Uh, that was a, um, something which I built as a routine of multitasking, uh, waking up myself very early if I need to. Time. What time were you getting up? Uh, I, I usually do 6, 6.30. Uh, of course, with the kids, it was even earlier. But uh, I used to be early, but now I, I'm not sure if I'm, uh, I can call myself like this because I'm early, but... And, uh, uh, late night person as well <laughs> yeah you have to well, do you know what? it's just interesting because like I, I i i work a lot of days like 15 to 20 hour days like genuinely right but i haven't got any other responsibilities like you've done it with a young family so like how old are the kids now nine seven and four nine oh okay they're still young I'm really young. Really young. 
so in, in terms in terms of like your background, um, I assume that you probably had quite an extensive background in this industry. You, you know, you understood um, the gap in the market. You understood the trajectory. Um, where did you really start your career? Uh, my career started, uh, I finished university um, in the UK, uh, even though I had another university in Latvia as well. And I, I joined... Uh, You're from Latvia originally? Yes, I am from Latvia originally, um, but decided to, to go and study in the UK, uh, which brought me then to PWEC. Um, I was a graduate and um, I was thinking that auditing and everything around accounting was my desire because that's what I liked uh, during the uni time. And uh, I joined PwC and after a year time, I understand that I'm, I'm totally different from the people I see as a management and partners. And I've decided that I need to change my career uh, now <laughs> rather than waiting for another five years. How, how old were you when, you when you decided to change your career? Um, it was, I was 26 already. Still, still like, still like uh, young. I think, I mean, for me, I think it got to about like 20, probably about this 26, 27. And I was just like, I can't work for someone else for the rest of my life. And there's nothing against them. You know, I, I think it's just something that a lot of people find at some point, right? They, they just want to like um, control, control what time they, they wake up and control what time they work to, et cetera. Yeah, for, for me, because I, I grew up in Latvia, I was the post USSR uh, kid. You know, uh, the only possibility of a career there back in Latvia would be uh, starting probably my own business, but it would be very small business like a shop, corner shop or something like this. And um, I was always dreaming about the Western world. Um, and I was thinking that, you know, uh, reading the um, all these economy books about Walmart, Tesco, all this kind of culture inside big corporations, I, I was thinking that that's the best way to, uh, to go. And that's why I came to the UK and got to the university. Uh, and my, my dream came true. So uh, I was actually <laughs> one of that person who was setting up the, uh, the goals and uh, I was trying to achieve them uh, till the last minute. <laughs> Um, and I was quite lucky enough, you know, when, when I was at uni, uh, I wouldn't say that it's the best uni, you know, it's not a brick university. I was uh, choosing the uni in the UK just um, very rationally. Um, it was uh, Bedfordshire University, which was in Luton. <laughs> so for me, that was the destination close to London. It's close to airport with the flights back to Latvia. And I could find a part-time job. <laughs> so, Take to all the boxes. Yeah, so for me, because every uni in, in the UK was for me the same, right? So I didn't feel the difference. Sure. Um, and, and when I understood that, you know, it, it's not only to enter the uni, but actually after that, you have to work hard to, uh, to get the good job as well. And um, I really like the system that, in the UK, being a graduate, nobody cares what course you finished. Uh, you can join any job you want, like apart from medicine, probably. But and law. Right, but, yes. yeah, but apart from medicine and law, you can pretty much do what you want. Yeah. 
Exactly. So, and um, uh, I've got the job with PwC. Um, out of 10 graduates who joined the office that year, I was the only one who was doing the accounting uh, at uni. We had like um, airspace engineering uh, people. Uh, then we had biologists, psychologists, anyone, but no one of them knew anything about accounting. <laughs> and it was uh, very interesting. And um, I, I found that journey is very um, attractive to me to work for the big corporation. They, they treat you as a, as a credit, as a, you are not coming with the knowledge. You are willing to uh, learn. And um, that's a good inspiration because back in Latvia, it, it was absolutely different. If you finish accounting, you will be all your life. <laughs> you can't be anyone else. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's the rules there. And it's still the same, I would say. And, um, and being at uh, PwC, um, good that I understood that it's something which I probably not ready to do for all my life. And I went and started looking for another opportunities and I managed to get a job quite quickly as again, as a graduate, I didn't, um, I didn't mind to, to go on the graduate. What year was this? Hmm? What year was this? Uh, it was Bloomberg. When, sorry? Um, it was in 2008. 2000, yeah, so I was discussing this like um, I, I, I'm probably a few years older than you, but I was going to say that I um, it, it used to be a case that you could just literally like knock on a, on a door. You could literally go into offices, right? Way before the internet, like you would. You, I remember like standing outside like Lehman Brothers office, just waiting <laughs> to you, you know. Yeah, that, that was very interesting. Like, again, I, I think um, I was lucky here because I've got to Bloomberg. I, I got the Bloomberg job at um, 2000, 2008, the 7th of July, I remember the day. And after two months, Lehman Brothers collapsed. Yeah. Still remember that day. I came with my coffee to my desk and everybody was standing. It was like um, it was like eleventh of uh, uh, November, right? Fifteenth <laughs> of September, two thousand eight. No, no, no. I mean that like the silence on the floor. And oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I was like, "What's going on? It's not eleventh of November. Why are right. we doing this silent minute?" And everybody was watching the telly. Uh, and Bloomberg, you know, the whole office was about Bloomberg TV, right? Um, uh, pretty much in every corner. And everybody was like, and I saw that news, people coming uh, out of Lehman Brothers office in Canary Wharf with their, uh, with, with their desk things and everything. Yeah. Oh my God, I just joined the financial services and then months later, it's kind of crashed. <laughs> Uh, but it, it was an interesting time. Like, obviously, it was very sad. It was a sad time for people that lost their jobs. There, there is like a reality to like capitalism. It, it happens, right? Um, and and the thing is, is that I think that that is probably one of the most exciting times in history to ever ever work for a company like Bloomberg. You know, I I, I, I think I was working around like March that year. I was working for a company and. We were they, they were just like we were shorting all the banks like Bear Stearns, Lehman Brothers, and they were our clients, but we were still shorting them. 
So <laughs> that wouldn't, I don't, yeah, crazy, crazy time. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, it was, um, it was interesting time. I would say every crisis gets the opportunities and uh, uh, for sure Bloomberg used that opportunity. I remember we hired so many uh, temporary workers from the banks who were um, made redundant. And for two, three years, Bloomberg managed to build a good product around uh, of, of getting the knowledges from these people. And, um, and I'm quite happy that I was part of it. And um, it was a very good experience, I would say, even though it's, it's a big corporation, um, but you, you feel like you know everyone there, and, um, which is very important for me. And I think the, the lesson I learned is actually uh, to be motivated every day. Uh, and I'll, that's what I bring to Kapaga as well. So every team member who comes to us, they always ask me during the interview time, what do you suggest for the new uh, employees of the company? And I say that, you know, you, you can bring as much as possible to the company, but you're only satisfied with yourself when every day, by the end of the day, you can say to yourself, I've learned something new. And if that day does not happen and the company will not bring you something new, which you've learned, then it's wasted <laughs> day, no matter how much you bring to the company. And um, and that's my motto, right? Uh, being at Bloomberg for 10 years, I, I think every day I was trying to get not only my knowledge and my expertise to Bloomberg, but I was trying to get the knowledge to myself as well. And that what drived me to the point that I managed to survive that 10 years <laughs> in the corporate structure. Uh, because every day was new, every day I've, I've learned something new and it, it drives me that I want to wake up next day and go to work as well. Um, and the, that inspiration is something that I would love to build at Kapaga. So I don't want to just people sacrifice for the matter of coming nine to five, uh, leaving their um, duties, and not getting anything back and um, because as soon as you're not getting anything back from the company then you're not motivated and i i love to see uh people i'm working with um getting as much as possible from the experience from other people around uh, from our clients, uh, from the environment, you know, where I think we're, we're going to another crisis now. <laughs> so, and, uh, yes, so uh, it was a very good school, I would say. So Bloomberg definitely was a good school and I'm taking um, quite good um, things out of them. And uh, a lot of the time people ask me about uh, how did I come up with Kapaga? Uh, how I'm building that, um, I wouldn't say that I'm building that. The team is there to drive. Uh, we have some rules which we, we set up, but we work absolutely remotely. And the matter for every one of us is not 
how many hours we did a day, but the value we bring and the value we've taken to ourselves. So, so I mean, again, that kind of led me on to what, what I was going to ask. I mean, in terms of, of Kapaga, what what was the jump like where was the jump when you've gone actually you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna leave bloomberg i'm gonna leave the corporate world and i'm just gonna go off on my own the jump was uh i would say not so straightforward after bloomberg i was invited to start up uh there was a quite small team that time not more than 10 people um, they've just got the license from FCA and they was trying to build the product. And I was invited because the company was in payments and they were uh, selling to financial institutions. And that was absolutely different mindset, you know, where you come from big corporation where you have a, like lawyers, media, uh, support people, you know, everyone. <laughs> including the taxi drivers is if you need. It's just one button and they are arriving and taking you anywhere. Um, and coming to startup where the budget was very small, uh, nothing was built, everything was like a manually uh, driven, the processes were not built. And, um, but that time, you know, I was not the owner um, and I admire the owner that uh, he did that and um, invited me to be part of it. And uh, after two years, I understood what is involved to build a startup. Probably that was a good experience of understanding the granules inside. And that's how decision came after. So having the corporate experience for 10 years, then two years of building, helping building startups, yeah. And then um, it was that time when I decided that now it's my move. And then once once you've made your move and Kapaga's going, what, what was the process for you to then get your first client on board? Planning. <laughs> Always planning. Always helps, yeah. Yeah. Planning. You know, the, 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 when you have everything on the paper, nothing real it's all about motivation and planning to wake up every day know exactly what you need to do that day because like you you can easily skip and say oh no no I'm not gonna do that today I'm gonna do that tomorrow you know it's like it's still I'm not work. to anything right so it's, it's, it won't it's, work if you do that though it <laughs> No startup can work if you have that sort of approach to it. Exactly. So um, so there was a plan that we want to launch the product within seven months. Uh, we knew that it was optimistic <laughs> because having the, uh, um, the regulated company um, with technology built inside, um, it, it's almost impossible, but we still were uh, putting a lot of the effort and we did manage. Uh, I was quite lucky. We were supposed to launch on the 1st of March. We will uh, by the plan, <laughs> so-called. Uh, it was only moved to 28th of March. So we Not kind bad. of the target. <laughs> Not bad at all. <laughs> the last day of the month, but. <laughs> and, 
and and how how how's the product actually evolved since then? And the reason why I ask is, so we were actually revenue generating like within six months, but that's because we had no money. Like we had to do it. And our first product, it was horrendous. It was horrendous. But it kind of like we, we went to companies. We're like, look, here's our position. This is what we can do for you. This is how we can help you. And we found that actually a lot of companies more than we expected were like yeah actually we'll, we'll, we'll jump on board we'll help you and you know there's still value in it for us right you have to create value but i mean after that time it was very much a case of right we now need now we've got the money now we need to go and actually build the product that we really want to build um was it something was it similar with you guys or the same the same story uh, believe me that's that that's what happens when you uh don't have the funding straight away the, the product you build is still kind of in the air of understanding if it's right product or not would it fit the market or not and um and the point where we've decided that we need to launch in march was not that you know oh that's just the idea it was just like by that time we probably will be out of money <laughs> there's a reality and to it Yes. So, and um, of course, we were trying to fundraise, and we did all mistakes possible during the fundraising as in well. There. Yeah. In there. <laughs> um, and yes, and we understood that that's a good decision to start uh, operations because uh, the most of VCs we've been talking uh, that time was uh, all about um, having the revenue. What is your MRR? And we were like zero <laughs> and uh, and they were not interested in this, um, of course, because it's fintech, you know, it's payment and they wanted to see the value. They wanted to see the revenue, the clients, the, uh, what bring these clients to us and so on and so on. So that's why uh, that was a very quick decision. We built our product mainly on uh, suppliers rather than uh, doing anything super technical from our side. Uh, it was that, okay, let's do it. Let's build, uh, let's just launch, get some clients, get their feedback, understand if that's the right fit. And then we're going to start building what we think yeah. is relevant for them. And the idea evolved actually because. It was always, I know the, I knew the market. Uh, we, everybody knew about payments, technology, the, the values um, within the team. But it was always like, what is different from us and hundreds of other neobanks or hundreds of other payment institutions out there? Why we need to bring the clients and clients are happy to join us. And I think the, the first couple clients were just like really testing. And I'm glad that they, they believed and came to us. Um, and if we were talking about the first client, um, it's a very interesting story, but maybe it's the same story for everyone uh, out there. So, no, let's hear it. I, I, yeah, I'm going to push you on this. I, I expect it's unique. I hope so. It's unique. Um, so we, um, back in December 2020, 
when we had to launch some uh, IT uh, developments, we, of course, we at that time already ran out of money because for by, by the plan, even we had the launch in March, we were thinking that we will get the money <laughs> by December, but we did not. Um, so it was, uh, I remember it was 16th of December. We sit down and we understood like, we need to sign the contract um, and they want us to pay 20K or something like this for, for the IT and then another contract for another 10K for the regulation and blah, blah, blah. So you kind of end up with like 50K uh, by the end of December, we need to put that um, to someone's pocket. <laughs> yeah. And we did not have anything <laughs> like this. And the investors we were talking, they were like really uh, long in process. We could not understand if that the money will come or not, um, if anyone invests in us and so on and so on. So we just made a very quick decision. Let's go to the family, friends, anyone up there and try to get as little from everyone to drive us further. And we, we went to our professional friends, our, uh, uh, like ex-Bloomberg employees, ex-clients, uh, and uh, um, everyone who does understand about financial services. Um, or, uh, and for two weeks, we managed to get, uh, to get some funding. Um, and one of these investors who uh, was still with us, um, when we were launching in March, I was calling the, uh, the guys saying like, oh, we're going to launch, we're going to launch. Um, we don't have the money for digital marketing or anything, so we need to get the clients, start testing. Uh, we had some requests, but I wanted to have someone who I can bring the value to as a product. And that investor said, oh, I have a friend who is doing the um, expert business. Um, and he has a, a UK company. It's been running for a couple of years, but he always has the problem with the banking uh, because they cannot deliver fast. They, they have awful services and blah, blah, blah. And all this kind of stories about uh, um, bad service from uh, high street banks. So, so he introduced me to the guy. Um, we talked for 20 minutes and I said, true story, you will be the first client. Uh, you will be the one who will be testing everything. And um, I will try to do my best to deliver the service, um, but it's missing error, right? So uh, I apologize straight away if anything will be done <laughs> incorrectly. <laughs> if your payment stuck somewhere and I would not be managed uh, on time to get that payment out or something like this, but let, uh, do you want to try? So it wasn't selling uh point it was like actually scaring point <laughs> for that client <laughs> and he did agree that. interesting that, that he did agree and i was like okay so let's no pressure yes so and very interesting that um that client is still with us he still enjoyed the services he said he always give us the feedback um and interesting that in three months time after he became our client we ran out of money again because of course the revenues did not <laughs> manage to cover our expenses as well 
And I knocked his door and said, do you want to be our investors? Well, not only our client. And he said, yes. Um, so, wow. Story. <laughs> wow. So your client ended up becoming your investor. Correct. That's, yeah, that, that's proof of concept right there. Yes, it was not big amount, but uh, that was something we needed and he was happy to help. And yeah. um, yes, and- uh, don't part with their money easily, right? They, they don't just write checks unless they really, really believe in the product. Exactly. Yeah, so that's, that, that was a big satisfaction to me um, and to the team. And we managed to achieve uh, what we wanted to achieve. And I mean, from, from your own perspective, are you quite- focused and into the fact that you know like push like female entrepreneurship is this you know I wouldn't kind of do your thing I wouldn't say you know my all my career uh, I did not feel that I need to push on it uh, but literally in most of the cases I was the only one female <laughs> when I was talking to the clients you know all my clients it's very hard to go uh, like trading desk capital market desk in any of the banks and see women they probably would do the like a PA assistant job rather than there are traders of course and sales uh, women but uh, it's majority men right yeah. and it's the case uh, but never push that I'm female I'm coming here and you know I have uh, a bit different attitude or you need to uh, behave differently to me and that female I don't know it's um I would not feel the difference you know if um, you're too busy to even think about it yes yes and um the thing is like uh the team we build now I'm, I never go around on the uh, uh female men uh, kids no kids um color no color <laughs> it was like all this kind of stuff it's like for me it doesn't matter it's all about this the best the best yes yeah, i get it i get it yeah I, again i i think i very much had the same philosophy i think you have to right every business whether you're a startup or a huge corporate it's about just like building the very very best teams and i think that philosophy um that you kind of have in your personal life almost is integrated right into your business life um i mean are, are there any sort of like uh differences in terms do you have any like business philosophies that that you stick to or life philosophies you're obviously very disciplined right super disciplined I, every, every, every founder i interview is disciplined otherwise you can't survive <laughs> i would say uh but i always say that i need to be very disciplined but it doesn't mean that my, whole my team needs to be disciplined as well so i'm uh that's the philosophy i bring to to the team it's all about their individuals need right um and i really liked that we were covered babies as well that that gave us very like a different mentality straight away and that mentality i was actually trying to build before already because i was working from home uh 
for before COVID as well. And I felt like that's that's the best time, you know, when you actually can spend sometimes with your family. You don't need to run to the office. Yeah. Um, and there is no like a stick to the plan uh, of uh, coming at eight or nine and living at five and all this kind of stuff, right? And lunches. Yeah, but that, do you not think that kind of instills discipline though? So, so, so the interesting thing is, is that I think you and I similarly, we probably worked in the city for like 10 years getting the underground, going to the office, it's, it's horrendous. But it is, you get into a routine, you are disciplined. Do you think that, like, for for Kapaga in the future, would it be something where, whereby it'll be a hybrid role and you just let people work set hours as long as they're doing their work, they can work from home or the office, you know, it doesn't really make a difference? I would say that so far, having 22 uh, people, it works well working remotely. Yes, we have the offices in two locations in, in London and Spain, but we're rarely visiting and I'm not even monitoring that. <laughs> you know, sometimes I'm randomly got on the, on the video call and uh, people are in the office and I was just, okay. So I there is no routine of saying like, oh, uh, let come on Monday or Thursday or whatever, you know, people are just that. They, they feel that they want to get out. They go to the office uh, to stay home. They stay home. And for 22 people, it works. I, I cannot guarantee going forward uh, if that would totally 100% work. Sure. Now we have a team, very experienced one. You know, they all came from that corporate background. They all went through this route of nine to five, going to the office, <laughs> discipline yeah, yeah. themselves. And they're fine now to discipline themselves at home, right? Um, it's all about even like, I think you have to discipline yourself more when you're at home. And it's not only about being at work, but finishing the work as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when do you finish? Because you constantly can work. And that was the big um, discovery for me when I started to work from home. Yeah. So eventually, when you leave the office, you are, that's it. Shut down the computer. I will come back tomorrow and I'll answer my emails. Yeah. When you work from home, it's pretty much 24-7. Yeah. And that's what you need to dis discipline yourself and say that's enough you know that's oh, see, I'm different to you I, I, I've got to be honest right now I'm at a point I, I'm loving it like I, I, I get calls on like Sunday afternoons and the whole team they were all working I'm not telling them to work I wasn't I wasn't making them work they were working yeah like I I don't I don't say don't work yeah, 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 yeah. just make sure that you know you have that routine for yourself yeah, yeah. and I um, and I'm like the, the, the thing is everybody is very efficient within the team and we have all different backgrounds we all have different needs as well and we we just honest to each other uh, if there isn't yeah. need to be covered you know for example we have a single mom who needs to go every day at four o'clock pick up her kids L lovely two uh, ladies from the nursery in school and 
for that half an hour, somebody else will cover her because you know she she's her customer facing. Yeah. And it's all about this kind of relationship. Even though we we all work remotely, uh, we don't have like officially we have the setup of us, but it's more because of the clients, right? Yeah. Uh, because they need to know where we come to the <laughs> to the to work and then when we leave but the rest is just up to us and like i always say to my uh, to my team don't reply to me if you see my team's message on sunday don't please you know it's me because i just want to put it there because i have that moment now i'm working uh, and you can reply on monday and funny enough sometimes i had a conversation with uh, my team like at two o'clock in the night uh because i just put something in teams and they replied and i was like oh, no no please just go to oh, sleep no you're a good oh, i'm horrendous i'm i'm the opposite. i'm like why have you not responded like 30 seconds later seriously <laughs> i'm yeah i i'm i'm not easy to work with genuinely no i'm very flexible i i don't understand and probably because i have three kids and that's why I don't understand that there is need to be room for um, for the family and for other things, and we can't really do twenty four seven. And uh, I can. <laughs> yeah, they, you, that's right. But that's it. You can. That's it. There you go. But yeah. yes, but my 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 team is my, my my other kids as well, right? Yeah, I, I get it. I, I get it. But like, I've got, I've got to be honest that. I I tell them I'm very understanding. I, I really am. Like again, we're saying like the parents when they're dropping the kids to school, there's no set hours. At the same time, I love the fact that they're working nonstop, and I and I want them actually just driving and driving and driving. And then when they need a break, they you know if they need a week off a month, I've I've turned around to people before and I've just been like, hey, just take six weeks off, genuinely go traveling, you know, because it, it, it's I'd rather have that than them like burnout. Yeah, I agree. Uh, like, uh, we've just started to monitor and have the HR system where people can put their holidays. Before that, it was just like, Katya, can I have the uh, the week off to, tomorrow? Yeah, sure. yeah, uh, yeah, go for it. And, that, and then that literally, uh, by the end of the year, I remember in December, everybody was asking me, how how many days did I take this, this year? I was like, yeah. <laughs> I did not oh, yeah. count. <laughs> I thought you did. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, exactly. I, I would be like, yeah, you've used up all your holiday. Sorry. And <laughs> uh, if you had your time again, like you, you have, and I'm, I'm not just saying this, but you, you've really done, you've done like the impossible in many ways. Like you got like most people that start companies. I'm speaking to them, and they're like, so yeah, we started. We only had like two, three million from day one. You know, like, like it's like they really had like the infrastructure and everything. If you had your time again, what would you have done differently? And I like, I was like, for one thing that I would have done differently, I would have, I would have not wasted so much time raising capital, like raising money. But for me, like, I'm not saying for every company, but for us, I was just like, actually, I, I wish I didn't invest so much time, um, and I just focused much more on just like driving the business ourselves. What I would have done differently. Um, I would say no. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I, yeah. I did really enjoy the, the everything what was done so far. I wouldn't done anything differently, really. 
And the fact is that because every error we made, I still want to do that error <laughs> if I will do the next product yeah. uh, and next startup as well, because that's what you've learned and that's what it drives you to the next point. Um, if, if I would have 2 million from the beginning, it would be easy life. Yeah. And uh, there is no such thing as a responsibility when you have money. And from the day one, it's just try it when you don't have money. <laughs> so that, that's what I'm saying. And that's what we've done. And, and it, it's a completely different experience. Um, and, and in terms of uh, Kapaga, like, what's the what's the future look like what's it you guys what's next for you guys for us uh the next step is uh european market we've started with the uk um and we are ready now for the for the european market and that would be a uh, next journey i'm sure that would be absolutely different from the uk one and we have to learn again which is exciting because when you are building something and it's repeatedly the same, <laughs> even though you know how to adjust that, you know, you know exactly what you want to build inside and it's not always perfect. Right. So, yeah. uh, but the new challenge on top of what you have, uh, it's always drive you to the next stage of development and uh, um, we'll see. Um, well, yeah, we're, the we're challenge looking, is accepted. <laughs> well, we're, we're, honestly, we're we're looking forward to seeing how you guys approach that challenge. And Katia, really great to have you with us today. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. <laughs> Definitely do this again soon. Thank you.